Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome to the Yahoo Sports NFL Sunday Night Freestyle. I'm Yahoo Senior NFL writer Therese Paler here with my main man, Charles Robinson. And Charles, what former cabinet member would you hire to coach the Jets next year? Someone who's used to getting fired. (laughs) (laughs) That's a pretty good start. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, whoever they are, they're hired to be fired. Uh, Yeah, that's uh, the Condi Rice thing. It's pretty interesting with the with the Browns. Uh, Actually, add a little layer to this. Of course, when we hear the the information that Condi Rice was being considered for the head coaching job with the Cleveland Browns, I reached out to someone who's close to that situation and just said, like, what, like what's going on? Like, is there a misinterpretation here? Is there, are are you bringing her into, you know, for some advisement, like on leadership, like what's the deal here? And they just said, look flat out. Like they didn't know where it came from. They were surprised that it was out there so strongly. And, uh, you know, I like that. The denial strongly. I like that. Yeah, it was pretty strongly out there. And then the di- denial came out pretty quickly. I was like, okay, this clearly this guy's not lying to me because <laughs> they just denied yeah. it. <laughs> and from Condi as well. You yeah, know, I thought right. that was pretty interesting. Look, I covered John Dorsey for five years. Like, I let me just say, like, I saw that and I originally thought it was, you know, like one of those joke Adam Schefter accounts or something. Like, I didn't even believe it for a second. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the denials were out there pretty strongly. And I think you and I were kind of right there thinking, what is going on here? Now, you and I respect Adam Schefter. We know Adam Schefter is a oh, man yeah. to be respected in this business. So someone brought up Condi Rice's name. Like, he didn't he didn't just pull that out of the ether, okay? Like, Adam oh, no. got that somewhere, which means someone brought that up. And, well, it makes me think it's definitely above people's pay grade. You know, like, I, you know. You think it's that, ownership. That's, you think maybe ownership absolutely. had something to do that that's definitely coming above some pay grades. Yeah. If if Adam felt good enough to go with that with one source, that's above some we're pay assuming. Grade, I know? mean, we're assuming one no, source. No, it's no, in the story he said one source. Did he say one source? So, okay. I yeah. didn't see the story. I saw I saw the actual video. I saw him on air report it. And I didn't yeah, no, remember dude, him saying in, one source. In the ESPN story it had one source. So hmm. I'm I'm I got a pretty good guess what the source is. So when <laughs> listen, a a story of that level. I mean, I don't, I don't want to get into like calling out people's sources, but a story of that right. level, typically if it says, I hey, I got one source on this, usually you're like, let's just start at the top on this one, particularly yeah. with the Browns and Jimmy Haslam. If, it's, if, if, a story, if a story about Condi Rice interviewing for a head coaching job has one source, it is the ultimate source, <laughs> right, okay? Right. Let's just go, let's just say it. Let's just go there. Um, you know, and, and speaking of ultimate, I got to tell you, Charles, 
the ultimate embarrassment today for the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles, the defending champions, Charles, couldn't even muster a nobody believes in us game against a team nobody picked them to win. You're the defending champions. You couldn't even muster a nobody believes in us game. Instead, you go out there and get blasted by the Saints 48 to 7. Charles, my question to you is, how much of this is an embarrassment for the Eagles? And then how much is this is just, yo, the Saints are just damn good. I think the Saints, I absolutely look at the Saints and I wonder, this is like the, it's the NFC version of the Chiefs now. Like, I'm like, that's how yeah. balanced they are. Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, you know, obviously it's Michael. It's so fun to watch. It's a lot it's, of fun. And like the Taysom Hill wrinkle is really oh an interesting, he, every time he kind of, he's kind of in there, I'm like, wow, you know, this is kind of interesting to watch what's going to unfold. So I like the versatility of the Saints. Now that said, I mean, the Eagles just look spent. They look beat. You can't do Like this. they look like they've lost so much uh, in attrition. Their, their injured reserve list is like basically yeah. a starting lineup almost. And I thought maybe with Lane Johnson, you kind of bring Lane Johnson back in the fold and reestablish the attitude. But they just look like the attrition has gotten to them. And frankly, Carson Wentz looked completely uncomfortable, yeah. frustrated. This to me is the low point for the Eagles. And now you face oh. the Giants yeah. next week. And this is it. Like, this is it right now. Like, not not yeah. a later part of the schedule. This is it for the Eagles right now. You well, either reestablish yourself right. right now, next week, or yeah. you're looking toward it's, 2019. This is absolutely like an any given Sunday game right here coming up against these the, their NFC East rivals here because, you know, either they can heal now as a team or they can die as individuals. That's where they're at. Okay, you're four and six. You lose one more game, you're finished. And honestly – there's going to be more than a few people willing to count them out. And I don't know if that's wrong. Like, they should have put up more of a fight today. And there's no excuse for not doing that. What You know, one thing I was interested, somebody um, in personnel texted me during this game. And he said, Howie Roseman, he said, for all the credit you guys, meaning us, give Howie Roseman as general manager. He said, how many starters are in the lineup right now from Howie Roseman's last three drafts? And... I kind of froze and he said two, two from the last three drafts. There are two starters and obviously one of which is Carson Wentz. So what's what the only thing I took away from that is I'm like, how quickly are people going to start kicking dirt on the <laughs> Eagles across the league? They like, people have been wait. waiting, like waiting just I to know. go at it. <laughs> I don't think people out there fully realize like Charles, you and I know like this league really is kind of crabs in a barrel, even definitely in locker rooms. But, like, people love to, like, rip each other. And they can't wait to kind of throw dirt on these guys, you know. It's a it's an interesting, fun wrinkle. And, you know, you mentioned throwing dirt on the Eagles. Is it time to throw dirt on Jalen Ramsey in a Jaguars uniform? That came out today. And, wow, what a what a what an amazing concept. Isn't he, like, 24? Jalen Ramsey. And cheap, too, trade. right? And cheap. And an elite player. He yeah. played well today, too. But too bad it didn't help him. Because the Jaguars blew a 16-point lead, and you can't come back from that. Not when that game was rolling. I mean, we watched this game, Charles. You know, the, the crowd was rolling. They had things going. The Jaguars had things going. 16-point lead. And Pittsburgh just came back. They just really pounded away at it. And at the end of the day, the inability to throw the football effectively Came back to bite the Jaguars. Yeah, you're power running it down the Steelers' throat, right? I mean, when you start out, and and to to me, I'm like, this is 
what personified the Jaguars we thought we were going to see. Right. And up you know, through that 16-point lead, power running team, great defense, harassing Ben Roethlisberger. I, I sat there and I was like, oh, this is one of those Ben Roethlisberger games on the road where yeah, it looked just, like that. It looked bad where I'm like, Ben it just looks like bad. That. He's falling apart. Honestly, this is the kind of game that scares me about Ben in the playoffs is like, you know, when he goes on the road, is he going to put up one of these games where he's got three, four yeah. picks? But yeah, I mean, for them to just fold up like that, I don't know about Jalen Ramsey. I saw, I saw the Jags push back against that pretty quickly in terms yeah. of dealing with Jalen Ramsey. But but I wonder, is that a balloon you float to kind of get so. Jalen attention? Like, are you like, I hey, mean, look, float, I mean, look, we, it out there we know, float it? I mean, we know games like this get played, but trading a 24 year old legitimate stud, by the way, he just turned 24. It's stupid. (laughs) Trading Jalen Ramsey is stupid. Now, maybe you don't want 29-year-old Jalen Ramsey and what comes with that, but 24-year-old Jalen Ramsey is absolutely worth it. Now, you did sign Blake Bortles to a contract (laughs) extension. So occasionally there's some decisions that come out and you're like, I don't know what they're doing there. So whoever whoever signed the Blake Bortles extension, let's try to keep them away from Jalen Ramsey's future with the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's probably the best place. If the Jack look, there was a denial from the Jaguars that was pretty strong, as it should have been, right? But if they did shop Jalen Ramsey, thirty-one teams would oh, contact yeah. them. Oh, and yeah. no, no, and, and I think they could get they could get like a really big haul, but they would not get a player equivalent of Jalen Ramsey. You don't trade this guy. He showed it today. Listen, it's a shame that it's a shame that he played this well and this team still lost. Listen, he was outstanding. Listen, okay, if you shop Jalen Ramsey, if he's on the block. 31 NFL teams are going to call. The Lakers are going to call. The Yankees are going to call. They're going <laughs> yeah, to get like calls that. from other leagues for Jalen Ramsey. I like okay? that. So, I like that. He's not going I, on the block, all right? It's rare to see like elite defensive players in their prime get traded, um, which is why we don't think that the Jaguars are going to trade Jalen. But the truth is, it happens sometimes. And where do we see that happen, Charles? Chicago. In Chicago. And guess what? The Bears, they're good. The Chicago Bears improved to 7-3 by beating the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday Night Football. And, Charles, I think we just got to say it. Like, the Bears are for real, man. These guys play defense. And the most impressive thing, though, is how far the offense, specifically Mitchell Trubisky, has come. The leading rushing quarterback in the NFL. (laughs) That's wild. 360. I think he's got, like, 360 yards rushing, something like that. And that's more than Cam, anyone else. I would have never picked. Never would have thought Mitchell Trubisky is the guy who's going to be leading the NFL in in rushing. No, I mean, he's been fantastic. I, he's I think a really good athlete. Yeah. Leonard Floyd is another guy. Like, Leonard Floyd doesn't have a ton of sacks. I think it's pretty interesting because I had someone he's who said, hey, player. you know, pay attention to Leonard Floyd. He's actually a better yeah. player than you think. You guys are yeah. all stat monsters when it comes to stats and sacks and all this stuff. He said, but Leonard Floyd's a really smart player. He said, if you're watching the Bears, pay attention to Leonard Floyd. He does a lot of yeah. good things. He's long. He creates yeah. some problems. And I, when you watch him living here in Houston, I remember when – Jadavion Clowney, I'm not going to put him on Jadavion Clowney's level, but I remember there was a time when Jadavion Clowney was struggling, but kind of getting close. Like you were saying, right. you see a lot of positive things. There like, you when go. is he going to break through? Yep. I think when you watch Floyd, you see some of that. There's some close there aspects to his game that you think maybe you can put it together. I'm so glad you said that because smart teams don't really look at sacks. They look at how you affect the quarterback. Pressure. Are you, are you, are you in his area? Are you around him? Are you swatting around? Are you in the mix? Right. That's what smart teams look at. So it might not necessarily 
be reflective of sacks. Like some guys have 10 sack seasons and they don't really deserve it. Sometimes quarterbacks run right into them. It's are you beating your man and affecting the quarterback? And the Bears have a lot of players who can do that, mainly because Vic Fangio's really good. I mean, it, even in the past when they didn't have Khalil Mack, the defense was really effective because he could scheme up blitzes. He's really good, and this Bears defense is really good as well. One really quick thing about the Vikings. Um, Kirk Cousins, watching them now like this and kind of seeing what the state of the line is and when they play a pressure team, Case Keenum moved around a lot, right, and and could kind of help out uh, deficiencies of an offensive line. Kirk Cousins doesn't really move around like that. I think if Dalvin Cook, if they cannot get him right, Dalvin Cook should have factored in this game. He's a mismatch guy. Um, mm. Even if they're not mm-hmm. running the ball, it clearly was not effective running it. I don't know if he's right from the hamstring. But you got to work them into the passing game in a game like this. So I'm a little nervous about, you know, the Vikings in the long term if they can't get Dalvin Cook moving. Look, I'll be completely honest with you, too. Another team I'm a little nervous about because everybody's jumping on the bandwagon right now. The Cowboys. All of a sudden, everybody loves the Cowboys Hold on. again. You just <laughs> talked about getting Dalvin Cook involved. They were running it today, though, man. And Amari Cooper, you know, you're still not buying it, huh, Charles? I'm not buying it only because we talked about this before. Like, this just feels like that Jason Garrett setup. Like, the nine yeah. and they, they're going to finish strong, nine and seven. The rest of the division's falling apart around them. The Eagles. You know, half the team is on injured reserve. The Washington Redskins just lost their starting quarterback to a gruesome injury. And we'll get to that in a minute. The New York Giants have Eli. Like, everybody's falling apart. So it's like, (laughs) you almost look at the Cowboys. (laughs) But but look, let's be real here. Dak, right now, I I hear all these good things about Dak and Amari and all this, but Zeke has strapped it up for two straight games. Almost 400 yards in scrimmage, three touchdowns. He is carrying this game. And has turned the Cowboys into the, hey, Dak, just don't make a mistake. Make a couple plays. And they're winning some games here. So, And, and not only that, I don't think the line still, to me, is not really where no, they're it not. fully needs to be. No, trust me. They're not. Okay. Uh, but but one thing they are doing that I do like is that Ezekiel Elliott's catching the football. Like today he caught seven passes. And our friend Warren Sharp, who we interviewed before the season, mentioned that as a way to kind of add some dynamism right. to this offense. And Ezekiel Elliott is the best player on this offense. Obviously, he needs the ball as much as possible. I think we're at the point now where we have to realize – People have to realize, and I actually don't think Cowboy fans have a problem with this. I think people who aren't Cowboy fans have a problem with this. I think we got to understand here that Dak Prescott needs help. He's not Patrick Mahomes, okay? He's certainly not being coached by the same people, you know, Patrick Mahomes is or Jared Goff is. Like, for Dak Prescott to be effective with the staff he has in place, they have to win up front and let Ezekiel Elliott carry the mail. So if they can continue to do this while letting, while having Amari Cooper just win enough to keep some defenses honest, I think they can win this division. I do. Because I, I, I wouldn't have – I will tell you this, though, Charles. I would not have picked them to do it until this horrific injury happened to Alex Smith. And I got to tell you, man, um, obviously the, the Washington Redskins starting quarterback, Alex Smith, out for the season, broke his leg. It was Gruesome. ugly. Ugh. Gruesome. With – with a really eerie coincidence, right, Charles? Yeah, not only the same scores when Joe Theismann broke his leg against the Giants, but 33 years to the day, which <laughs> is crazy, insane. And Joe, and now that Joe Theismann's in attendance for this game, like almost awful, instantaneously man. says, you know, this reminds me when I broke my leg. I will say this about Alex Smith. This is a telltale sign 
for why NFL players agents are important because the first thing I remembered when he when he breaks his leg in that gruesome fashion was yeah. man I remember that massive injury guarantee that he signed when he got his yep. extension with the Redskins seventy one million dollars yep this is why. You this is why. get an injury guarantee of that magnitude, and it speaks a Absolutely. little bit to what you said to me recently when we were talking about Le'Veon Bell. You said, hey, man, there is that kind of what-if scenario for Le'Veon yeah. Bell, and I'll tell you what. If you're Le'Veon Bell and you see this happen to Alex Smith, you go, yeah, right? That's why I'm sitting right. at home right now because I can't right. afford to let something like that happen to me. You know what, Charles? Thank you for bringing that up because it, like, what you what you mentioned was that we were talking about this recently, and I said if you knew, kind of on background from an, some team or whatever, that no matter what, as long as you stayed in shape and you passed your physical, they were going to pay you thirty million guaranteed. I mean, I know you're losing the fourteen million this year, but at the end of the day, the thirty million outweighs the fourteen million. Like you can at least there's some logic to it. But he has to, he has got to get a contract that equals that for it to make sense yeah that's where we're at with him right now yeah I don't think there's any doubt I mean like he's clearly I, I think he even thinks that number's 45 million but you know not okay. not to take it all into the the Le'Veon yeah. Bell territory yeah. I, let me tell you one quick thing about the Redskins it's kind of interesting to me so a couple of years ago I go to the Redskins and I, I'm I'm gonna do this sort of it's the it's RG3's last season the the quarterback right. room's completely jacked up. Like he and Kirk behind closed doors are not supporting each other. Kirk is not supporting him. Kirk wants his job. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> RG3's right. He's going totally for it too. In, yes. RG three is totally insecure. He feels like the coaching staff has kind of allowed Kirk to undermine him in that quarterback room. Kirk feels like everybody's looking at him like I'm not the first round pick, so I'm never going to get the opportunity. So I go in to do this story, right? And at one point I'm talking to Jay Gruden and I'm talking about these two guys. And Jay says to me, now, don't forget about Colt McCoy. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell is Jay Gruden yeah. talking about? Like, I'm like, this dude's the third. Why is he no. talking about Colt McCoy? And when I exited it out of there and I was talking to someone else kind of on that staff, and he said, every time you see like an anonymous sort of Colt McCoy thing in the media, he's like, I'm yeah. telling you, I think it's Jay. He's like, Jay really likes Colt Jay. McCoy. And feels like the league is moving toward Colt McCoy's skill set. Now we're going to see. Not well, the I'm, case. How about this? I'm, I'm going to take that to the next level. He did some good things today. I know it's limited action. But, like, there's a comfort there with that offense that he has. They're not going to go into the tank. They're going to be okay. Um, they're going to compete for the division. I mean, Colt McCoy can run this offense. It's not like they're going to Nate Peterman here. He can you run. And remember, he that can, offensive line right. is banged up. So yeah. you better be able to run a little bit. <laughs> and I love the fact that you brought up uh, quarterback controversies because you know what? I'm in the bag for Lamar Jackson, Charles. You know me by now. You know that. Tell me Lamar Jackson is not fun to watch because we saw it today. Lamar Jackson makes his first career start, the rookie first-round quarterback. And guess what? The Baltimore Ravens won. They won. They improved to five and five. And this guy's elusiveness, Charles, he was looking like Michael Vick back there, running around like that. Now, he had a few too many carries for my liking. Right, right. 27. Right. 27. That's a right. lot of carries. That is a lot. And he, didn't, 
And he didn't really get down either. He's absorbing punishment. You better learn to slide. But he ran for over 100 yards. And I got to tell you, I think he can be accurate enough to punish teams. Like, I heard a little criticism about his performance. But when you can elude pressure like that and make plays in today's NFL, like, this isn't 1998, Charles. Like, he's not going to absorb that much punishment. Like, guys get penalized for landing on the quarterback too hard. Like, I think this guy's got a real chance to be a really good player. And I, I, think, I think we saw today that the Ravens quarterback in 2019 is going to be Lamar Jackson. I'm comfortable saying it. Well, the one thing we knew Lamar would do well as soon as he got his opportunity is use that elusiveness, you know, the, the rare quality that he's bringing rare. out of the college yeah. game. So there's no doubt that was going to translate. So we saw that immediately. That was the thing that I think NFL teams expected he would be able to do right away. Cincinnati's linebacking core banged up. Now, Vontae's perfect was back, but, you know, particularly if you're a running uh, quarterback, <laughs> the opposing, uh, you would hope that if you're an opponent, your linebackers are healthy. Now, Cincinnati's linebackers are not healthy. Now, all that said, um, I had a personnel guy, I was talking to a pro personnel guy, and he had broken down some snaps of Lamar Jackson. And I, don't, I don't even remember how we got on the topic a couple of weeks ago, but he said to me, when you watch Lamar, pay attention to his throwing mechanics. He's like, they have a lot of work to do on Lamar oh, yeah. Jackson's throwing mechanics. He's like, that part of his game, it's going to take them a couple years to really Absolutely. get him to where his throwing mechanics need to be. Now, all that said, I think if the Ravens, you are not legitimately a playoff caliber team, if you are not a team where you think like, hey, we can get in the playoffs and we can do something, I'm not against actually starting to work uh, Lamar Jackson into more of a passing position. And if you told me <laughs> tomorrow, they said, you know what, Joe Flacco, we know what you are. We need to find out what Lamar Jackson is. I wouldn't have a problem with that the rest of the season at this point with the Ravens. I would actually like to see Lamar Jackson play more. I would too. I think he gives them a playmaking element and an excitement factor that matters. And you know, I visited there in the preseason. You're absolutely right. His throwing mechanics are something they're working on. But you know what else is tied into that also when I was there? Coaches were mentioning to me, it's the footwork. Yeah. And you see that the footwork part of it, he needs to be more consistent. And even today in the game, sometimes he's throwing sidearm and stuff. Like you they have a long way to go. But I also feel with this guy, because of the elect the electric uh, playmaking element he brings in today's NFL. I don't feel like he's going to get punished for the lack of mechanics that he would have like 20 years ago. Like it, the game is just so much more open now. It just is. So is he perfect? No, it, he's not a perfect player. He threw an interception. He didn't play know, scared. But he, right? but he certainly didn't play scared. And I will tell you this. He is liked. His teammates like him. And that goes a long way in this league. Like, I remember I was interviewing him, like, before the, he, we were in the hall, like, right outside the locker room. Mm-hmm. And, like, over the course of, like, 15 minutes, I swear, like, eight guys stopped and, like, said something to him and were, like, busting his balls or kind of, like, just joking around with him. Like, that guy is like, they really like him. And I think that matters, especially when he's just a kid. As long as he's not playing scared, I like it. But one team, I, I thought Ron Rivera got a little scared at the, yeah. <laughs> the Detroit game. I don't yeah. know. The two-point conversion... I, I don't know what you're doing. You're on the road. You know, you have a chance to tie the game, you know, potentially push it to overtime. Yeah. I don't know what the hell is I going on. I don't like that. I, I did not like yeah. that. I mean, what I've done it, no. But I, I, I think that most people have, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like analytics say that when you're on the road in that situation, you should go for it, right? Like, don't, don't, isn't there like a push toward being more aggressive in that situation on the road? What I will say, though, is I feel like every time teams do that, they never get it. I don't like, like, I get it. And I, 
you hear the analytics and I, I understand the idea of trying to end the game earlier on the road. And, and if you're in a situation to win, it's, it's potentially a higher percentage situation. I get that. But who's the better team in this scenario? Now to me, Carolina clearly is the the better better of the two teams. So I don't mind going and playing the extra frame. Now Cam hurt his ankle in this game, but he was okay. Came back. I think if you're scared and you're like, look, Cam's getting a little beat up in this game. I don't want to take it the extra frame. And that's the reason fine. But I still think you play for the tie because you're the you're the to me they're by That's far a better team than Detroit. In a losing effort, DJ Moore is really good. Like that guy really impressed me today. Uh, the the touchdown he scored, the playmaking when he ran away from the entire defense, he got caught, but it was still a huge game. Like this was what you wrote about a few weeks ago, Charles. The playmakers he has around him. Guess who also scored a touchdown today? Curtis Samuel. Like, there's so many guys that can kind of take it the distance in a flash. I know the Panthers lost, but they're still 6-4. and four. And those guys are all young. They're going to get better. I feel like they're finally putting a supporting cast around Cam to get back to the mountaintop. And, and look, Charles, I mentioned, you know, I feel like Carolina's putting a support system around Cam Newton. But, you know, I follow you on game days as well, my friend. Like, I, I, you have some funny tweets. I want to check out what you're doing. And you did – outright make me laugh over the course of the Tennessee Indianapolis game when you started unleashing about Frank Reich's decision making again his play calling tell me what it was that made you just lose it you have a franchise quarterback he was out of the league for two years with a significant arm problem okay significant yeah yeah all you have talked about the last month (laughs) gagging everyone He's not getting hit. They're so much better now because he's not taking punishment. All this crap about how you don't want to beat up Andrew Luck. So what do you do with that quarterback? You send him out into the end zone with your version of Philly special. And because Andrew Luck is who Andrew Luck is and the ball is overthrown, what does he do? He dives to catch the ball, which, you know, I can't hate on Andrew Luck. You're going to do everything you can to Andrew succeed. Luck's gonna Andrew Luck. That's right. He's going to Andrew he's gonna, Luck. He's right. going to Andrew Luck. He's going to have to be right. protected from himself at times. You got and it. He's going to lay himself out on his surgically repaired shoulder because <laughs> Frank Reich thought, yeah, sure. Why not? Why not throw it to Andrew Luck? And what pissed me off about this is I said, this play is stupid and it is stupid. You're protecting Andrew Luck. You're going to kill the Titans. You're dominating this game. So you run Philly special, a gimmick play with your franchise quarterback. You're paying a lot of money to who you just got back and you don't want to break them. And you're saying, Hey, go out there. And uh, yeah, maybe you're going to dive for a pass. It was stupid. And, and honestly, Colts fans pissed me off when they said, shut up. He's a football player. Let him play football. Oh, uh, there's no contact in the end zone. Uh, it's better than if he got blindsided in the pocket. Yeah. So, you know what? I said something really salty and what they termed unprofessional on Twitter about what they could do (laughs) with themselves if they're actually going to back up that play call. And I want you to tell me, am I wrong? I think, I think, you're taking too long to answer this question. No, 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 no. I, I think, <laughs> Where's my I think, support staff? <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's the thing about it. Remember, I visited Indianapolis as well this, all, this preseason. And here's one thing I know, and this is something we haven't mentioned before, 
But it makes me wonder if this is part of it because I feel like they have allowed Andrew Luck to do some things they wouldn't do if they didn't like their backup. But when I said it before, I'll say it again. They really, really like Jacoby Brissett. And I actually don't think they're that scared of him getting hit hurt. I don't think they're that scared of Luck getting hurt. I'm dead serious. I, I do, hey, listen, I'm, I'm the messenger. I'm telling you, I don't think that they're just like, oh, no, we can't. We can't let him okay. do any. I think. I think okay. they think they can win games. I remember with Jacoby listen, Brissett. I will, I will back you on this because I remember during the two years having some arguments with some Colts fans about, hey, you know, Jacoby's pretty good. Maybe we can trade Andrew Luck. And I was like, are you on crack? Like, what oh are you, no, what are you, wait, are you no, crazy. Hold on, I don't care about the fans. I'm not talking the people who matter. The decision no, 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 makers. No, I know, I know, but this okay, isn't okay, a fight. Okay. I'm not okay. fighting the Colts decision makers right now. Like, I'm sorry, they said the play call was stupid, and I'm going to stand by that. I don't think it was smart. When you when you just got your best player back <laughs> and you're putting them out there at risk like you, that, particularly if you're a roster that's still rebuilding. Okay, so you have a problem that. with the fans. I have a problem with the fans with who backed that up because all I heard for two years was them bitching and moaning Wait, about how we don't have Andrew Luck. He's hold not on. healthy. Why is this taking so long? Well, you know what? Guess what? From now on, <laughs> if you back that, if you back that and you're arguing with me, I yeah. won't hear you complain anymore. So if Andrew Luck gets hurt and he's not on the field, you just blew it. You got no you got no shot at ever saying anything again. Here's the thing. I think that you're affected by like all the logic. The one <laughs> no, actually I think all the like whining you heard from Colts fans over the last two years, like I think it got to you because like now you're just like, what happened to that? You guys were missing your quarterback and now you support this play call that put him in danger. Well, because you that, spent the last I, month telling me I, that, like, hey, we're protecting him, right? You were all celebrating that. So why do you send out a quarterback who you're protecting into coverage? And put you him know in a situation is, where he's going to die for a ball. That's stupid. We're going to tra- we're going to transition from this in a minute. But you know why it's tough? Because like I feel like there's like a ninety five five rule for Frank Reich in the sense that like ninety five percent of the things he's doing with him are like really smart. Like this sure. quick passes. They're running a the ball. You know, like they're actually committed to running for, for the most part. They do quick passes. He's not getting hit. That's actually real. But then five percent of the time, because guess what, Charles? What was I complaining about two months ago? Andrew Luck throwing 60 passes right. or something. Like, I feel like every once in a while, something pop- And you wrote a column about Frank Wright two months ago, too, right? The when he went for it. Yeah. <laughs> so I just feel like, you know, there's been some stuff that needs to be like a junior kind of ironed out there. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like most bit. of the stuff he does. And then every once in a while, we're like, yeah. what the hell is he doing? <laughs> and it makes you like kind of reconsider it to the next one. Yeah, it's, that's a little bit what it is, to be honest. We Look, it's fun to criticize coaches. You know, they make a lot of money. Who cares if they get their feelings hurt? They, they, I mean, they get paid to take these. Oh, hills, I know where you're right? going. This I know. <laughs> Somebody who got his feelings hurt say, makes a lot of money. One head coach that didn't take an L today. He didn't take an L, Finally. and he's making a lot of money. <laughs> is your boy Grew? John Gruden, everybody. They beat the Arizona Cardinals 23-21. The Oakland Raiders. How about that? He was running oh around God. like he had just gotten a Gatorade bath too. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, man, you two and eight. <laughs> and, and you know what? I was surprised they did it because, like, I, th- did you see like the clip of him arguing with Derek Carr? Yeah. Like early in the game, I'm like, oh, this thing is coming apart, and they still found a way to win. Granted, it's against the cat hapless Cardinals, but it's still a win. What was interesting to me is how that argument, like, watching people sort of spell out that argument. Like, I saw some guys come out and say, well, uh, you know, former football guys, you know, uh, Teddy Bruschi, these guys saying you know, it's good to have that kind of friction and it's good to have a little bit of, you know, basically sort of like this dynamic tension between two guys who really want to win that kind of thing. Yeah. The only problem with that is 
look, Derek Carr is not putting up great numbers, okay? No. And you just beat a bad team, a really bad team, honestly, and you had to pull it out at the end. And Derek Carr makes a ton of money. So don't tell me this is John Gruden and Rich Gannon. Don't tell me this is John Gruden and Brad Johnson. Because guess what? Those guys were not paid. I mean, remember, Derek Carr is not far from being the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. He is right there, okay? He's like some change in his couch away from being the highest paid player in the <laughs> NFL. I don't think Gruden, in the long run, with a guy like that who he's arguing with, unless Derek starts to put up some big numbers, I don't think it's a good thing. I, I didn't enjoy watching that. That was a pretty ugly game. There, there was another one there, too, you know, between two bad teams that we had to suffer through a little bit. There were a lot of points, though, and that was the Giants and the Bucks. Uh, the Giants won, improving to 3-7, 38-35. to 35. We saw a lot of good Odell today and Saquon. I feel like this is one of the few games this season where it's like, oh, that's what they were going for when they passed on Sam Darnold for Saquon. You know what I mean? Like, Eli was cool. You know, Saquon was doing his thing. Odell was out there doing his thing. Like, I feel like this is one of those few games. Oh, Evan Ingram, too, yeah. had the big run. I'm like, oh, so this is what they were going for. The problem is they're 3-7. and seven. It was the offensive ideal, right? I mean, that yeah. was the, okay, they add Saquon this piece. This fits the Eli's not done narrative. Like, oh, we bring in Saquon and all the pieces yeah. around Eli get better. But it's a one-off to me. Like, it really is a one-off. Oh, and yeah. I, I'm with you, though. You know, Saquon, we, oh. we keep talking about Saquon in, like, these Marshall Falk-esque terms. I think it's completely <laughs> appropriate. And I think he absolutely will be that guy that that absolutely just blows up from this draft and is everything he's built to be. One interesting thing, I had actually one of my Broncos guys texted me during the week, and he said, hey, how come no one's noticing Philip Lindsay's got basically the same production as Saquon rushing the football with fewer opportunities? Now, obviously, with this last game, this monster game Saquon just had, Philip Lindsay is not living up to that this week. However, you know, Philip Lindsay running the ball, runs it angry. And they beat Brett's sorry little Chargers who slipped <laughs> back and now have us questioning once again. In a game, Joey Bosa was back. So, oh, Brett, Brett is a Denver Broncos fan. So I just want to ask They're Brett, not like, my how sorry much do you Chargers. appreciate Philip Lindsay? First of all, I'd like to thank you guys for saving this segment for the very end of the podcast. <laughs> 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 oh, I love Philip Lindsay. And I, I'm just so confused why Royce Freeman is so bad. But I'm happy to have Lindsay. And yeah, the, the production is is pretty similar between Lindsay and Saquon Barkley. And you're telling me I could either have Saquon Barkley for however many millions he's going to get. Uh, he, he's making as the second pick in the draft versus Lindsay, a guy who just kind of walked in off the street yeah, and drafted yeah. a free agent. I love it. One thing I like about Lindsay is that he definitely has like the FU edge, you know? Yeah. Like, and and he's like, angry. here's a th- he's a really angry little dude, man. And like, I feel like there's a lot of players who have that, but, like, the hard part is finding out the ones who have it but are, like, good enough to make it as, like, kind of an underrated guy, you know? Like, it's one thing to be angry but not quite had a talent, but it's another thing to literally push yourself to be an undrafted guy who pushes yourself past the third-round pick. I don't think people understand how hard that is. Like, this league is about politics, Charles. We've both been doing this long enough to know that. Philip Lindsay needs to be saluted for commanding the lion's share of the work from Royce Freeman. When the Broncos drafted Royce Freeman, the Broncos have skin in the game for Royce Freeman. Like, the, their decision makers, like, he's a reflection on them. 
And a guy they picked off the street has beat him out. Who showed up, by the way, Philip Lindsay, to like their local combine. That's right. how they found Philip Lindsay. And granted, granted, like Lindsay's their guy because they brought him in. But he's only their guy because he's a local guy. Right. And he's that's how much better Philip Lindsay is than Royce Freeman. And it's crazy. Kudos to the guy. It's all great. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of tanking uh, this late in the season. Like, I, I trust the process. Like, when you're the Broncos and you're three and six going going into the second half of the season, let's get Ed Oliver if we can. But I love beating the Chargers. Yeah, I know you do. Like, he, he, come on, this especially when the Chargers are supposed to be good, right? Oh, the yeah. Chargers were seven and two, dude, and you. <laughs> The char- you don't respect the Chargers. Just no, admit it. No, you just no can't. I don't. I, they're, they're, they're the team that bothers me the most. <laughs> oh, God. Uppity Bronco fans. It's the best. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Therese Paler. You can find my man Charles Robinson at Charles Robinson. And give the Yahoo Sports NFL Twitter handle a follow, too. They'll keep you up to date on all the latest happenings with your favorite team and every other team around the league. It's a pretty good follow. Also, please rate and review us. And subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. We really appreciate it. We're working hard for you. So that's the least you can do for us. And as always, we'll be back on Tuesday to break down the latest happenings in the league. So, Charles, say goodbye to our listeners. Everybody have a good week. But I would just like to remind my fans in Indianapolis that on this 40th anniversary of the (laughs) Jonestown Massacre, stop drinking the bad Kool-Aid and don't throw the ball to Andrew Bucket. All right. (laughs) Till next time, I hope. (laughs) We'll see you. Peace. (laughs) One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.